doing this rising this is Ampspire interviews and i am your host the plump queen well today is an amptastic day we have a special guest from the amputee community and we're going to tell you a little bit about him and we're going to bring him on so he can amspire you all right so today we have james owen roberts james is an athlete entrepreneur podcast host and an author with over 15 years of experience as a coach uh, James is a two-time Paralympic athlete. James was born with a congenital disability called femoral dysplasia of the left leg. This is a rare non-hereditary birth defect that affects the pelvis and the proximal femur. He struggled to come to terms with this and his disability as a teenager until it dawned on him that he was the only person that was affecting himself and found a way to overcome these hurdles. It was this mindset that set him up to win and later in life. James is an athlete, entrepreneur, podcast host, and an author. All right, James, James, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. I'm gonna, you're my hero already, <laughs> already. Say hi to the people. Hello, everybody. Well, James, um, tell us a little bit. I gave you, you know, I gave you a little bio, but you explain, you know what I'm saying, yourself, your story, and um, why do you have the platform that you have and, you know, what you got going on? Okay. That's a great question, Plum Queen. Why have I got the platform that I have now? Um, obviously, I've got, I've got to first and foremost give credit to the disability because without having the impairment and obviously coming to terms and accepting it and embracing it and I'm pushing forward to, to obviously go to what was my ultimate dream to represent my country in the Paralympics. And then obviously using that as, to a certain extent, a wedge to get through a door. I'd, I'd probably put those two hand in hand as to why I've got the platform that I do today. All right. So um, tell us a little bit about your, your uh, condition. I've never heard of that, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who haven't. So tell us exactly um, what your condition is. I'm gonna do my best there. It's quite hard to 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 put it into words for people to visualize it. Uh, so, as you mentioned in the introductory, I, I'm I'm missing my femur bone, so I don't have the top portion of my th uh, of my thigh bone. So I have a small tibia and fibula that's attached to the hip. So I've got one if in effect is the bottom half of everybody's bottom half of their leg attached. So it's it's taken me to get into the high levels of sport to see people similar to me because growing up, I didn't see anybody with amputations. I didn't see people with uh, birth defects. I thought I was this very... I won't say unique. I, I would look at it probably negatively as well. Why am I not normal? Gotcha. Okay, so it said that as you were a teenager, you was dealing with that, but there was this click moment where you decided that, you know, I'm not hurting anybody, anyone but myself. So you, what transitioned? What was the click? What was that light bulb moment that made you realize that you needed to change your mindset? Well, so people got some context. My both my parents were in in the forces. And my dad is retired U.S. Air Force, and my mother is a retired NATO civilian. So I grew up in a military environment. So everybody, is, to a certain extent, there's there's a lot of differences, there's different cultures, different nationalities. Uh, people are see multi multi race. It, it's something normal. So I I I think for me. From the physical standpoint, it was 
I wouldn't wear shorts. I, I was oh, probably ashamed of having this difference that everybody else has got all the functioning limbs. So let me hide it away. And I think it was my sophomore or junior year in high school. And I thought well, to, to hide it away, to feel uncomfortable, to a certain extent be letting the cause and effect of the weather make me be uncomfortable, be more sweaty than I need to be. I, that needs to stop. It's, it's, it's not affecting anybody else more than it's affecting me. It's, it's, I've got nothing to hide. People are going to accept me or they're not. Um, so let's be comfortable uh, and move forward. So for me, it was, it's, it's, it's a small thing to overcome from an adversity standpoint because it's just changing some clothing. Uh, but it was probably monumentous because I was able to accept the disability and to kind of say, well, I'm different. You're going to accept me or you're not. And obviously as a teenager, I think any, everybody's going through some, some, some problems at that particular moment in their lives anyway. So, and to my surprise, people accepted me. I think the, the one that may baffle people is I would be comfortable in any sporting arena to, to show the leg off being short. I was comfortable in that environment, but not outside it. You know what? I think that does make a little bit of sense. You know, you, you, you gravitate to what you're comfortable. You said you're from the military and things of that nature. So that's something that you can succeed in. So it made you comfortable there. Whereas socializing is different because you're thinking about how people feel about you and what their thoughts are and their understanding and a lot. And when humans, well, humans don't understand most of the things they don't understand, we fear. So, you know, wondering if they're going to like you or accept you, I, I can see how it's more comfortable showing off what you can do than actually, you know what I'm saying, relating um, to other people. And that's one of the reasons why I started my platform for that very reason, because, you know, from when I lost my arm, my thing really wasn't, I was worried more about my emotions. I was cool with this. I was cool with everybody. I really didn't, I never really cared about how people thought of me because I was a fat girl. So my disability prior to being this was being overweight or being too dark skinned or having, um, you know what I'm saying, a fro for hair because in America's, your image is a big, big thing. And you know what I'm saying? Like you said, teenagers growing up, you want to be liked, you want to be noticed, you want to, you know what I'm saying, experience those things. So because I didn't have that then, I kind of just attached my arm to the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So I, I totally understand that. And you're dope for figuring that out during your teenage years. Because uh, again, you're going through hormone changes. You really don't know about life. You really don't. You're trying to find out who you are. You know what I'm saying? Emotionally and all that. And then on a physical standpoint, that's a lot to, for a teenager to deal with. So you're awesome for figuring that out. Like, seriously. I appreciate that. And um, also, you remind me of someone I went to high school with, which is what helped me get through this as well. I had a friend, um, Michael, put his name out there. I'm not sure if he want to be exposed like that, but um, he was born with his hand missing. Now, I'm not sure if there was a disease to attach to it, but in high school, he played basketball. He was just like every other kid, had girlfriends. And, you know, so he was living a normal teenage life. So when I turned 22 and lost my arm, I kind of thought back to him and was like, well, man, he was hooping it and playing instruments and all that. So if he can do it, I can do it. You know what I'm saying? So people like y'all are amazing. Y'all really help us folks, you know, out here who, you know, trying to figure it out. Uh, okay. So. TEDx talk. What made me no? Before I get there, why? Uh, how did you get into the Paralympics? If I yeah, that's correct. That? Um, I was in able-bodied sport from the age of eleven uh, until or when I left school at nineteen, and it was a chance meeting one day at practice, and one coach came over. I don't know why, but they they came over. Uh, and asked me, have you thought of sport? I was I was taken back by the comment. I didn't know what to say. I didn't. I, I, I've been brought up to be respectful of people's opinions. I know 
full-heartedly I could compete to to some extent and hold my own. Uh, came home, had a discussion with my mum about it. Um, and she won't, probably won't mind me sharing this. But she was probably more more angry than I was. Uh, but we 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 settled on it. We took some time to reflect over it, and I ran with it. So my head coach was also coaching a team off base, uh, and he knew of a a gentleman who ended up being my my head coach for a little bit uh, for in in the disability world um, because he was coaching or co head coaching an able bodied team that they would compete against. I thought, oh, I know somebody. Let me give you the, your, the contact details for them. And I think s- probably three, three, four, five, six months passed. Uh, went down to their training, to, to their practice in, in the summer. I think the the team management just thought I'd be just this Joe Average coming off the street and, and, and trying to uh, do a hobby. Um, and to their surprise, and my mum was actually poolside with them, their eyes lit up. It's like, oh, we've like we've hit the jackpot here. We've got somebody that's 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 better than we thought. Uh, and so I give some context to you and the audience. The three better swimmers of that club all went to the Paralympics. One stayed in swimming and made the uh, would have been the Athens game in two thousand four. Uh, I went to. Uh, Beijing in 08 and obviously was fortunate to be in London in 2012. Um, the one that superseded is the younger guy, still going. Uh, he's done Beijing, London, medal in Rio. Uh, I think he went to Tokyo as well and he's like superseded. So I, 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 I had the, I bumped into him in, in out in China. So it was, it was, it was a f- familiar face. Uh, just happened to be for a different nation. So for me, it's probably a chance conversation that that happened out of the blue. I don't know what, what was the intent of the conversation uh, last year. Um, I still kept in touch with it, with the coach's son. I I, I said, well, can you thank your mum for putting me on that road to, to 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 succeed? Obviously, I've got to do the work, but if you don't bring that into the equation. We don't know where I am today. So it probably took a lot of um, other people to put me in that position. Um, My mum probably did more so uh, because we went to a competition probably that summer. And she went out of her way to, after the, the, the session had finished, go down to the bottom of the bleachers. Shout over the over the barrier. Is there anybody there from the Welsh Telly? I was I was mortified at sixteen years old. I was like, where can I hide? This is so embarrassing. But if she wasn't willing to do that, I don't get put into oh, being looked at. So what I think by the next season, I I'd come back over here to 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 swim. And they were looking out for me. It's like, oh, we see James on the on on the starting list. Let's see if we can track him down. And they eventually did. Brought me into the collective, and the rest is history, so to speak. Wow, no excuses, guys. There's no excuses. If this man could go into the Olympics of some sort, there's no excuses. You can drink your water. You can run around that track. You can get your exercise on and all that, which we're going to get to. Um, you're really into fitness, so please, um, please explain that and you know how that affects amputees. And is there any way? Well, there is a way, so how do you um help others, you know, what I'm saying with their fitness goals? Well, I, I think you, you ask a great question there, Plump Queen, because being relatable is, is a massive key to, to my business because. There's no way that there's no way that they can hide because it you can't use the arm you can't use the leg as an excuse. It's like well, hey, I relate that is a problem, but it's not the overriding factor as why you're not where you want to be. Be it weight loss with your gym regimen, with your mindset, 
and looks to chip away more the people's behaviors and habits like I would do if I was speaking to an able-bodied person. I'd probably be more ruthless with an able-bodied person because it's fun. Because um, I can bring up well, you've got you've got really no you've yeah, got all yeah, your, yeah. Names, your excuse. Um, so I'm maybe a little bit more compassionate and empathetic to other amputees because it's like, well, you've got so much other baggage that's going with it. So it's like, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge you for where you're at. It's like, what's come? Let's find a solution that's not a cookie cutter approach. I've got to take it maybe to very very personalized approach because every amputee is very very different doesn't matter if it's a single single leg double amputee uh single arm amputee uh, quad uh, quad amputee they're all might be have the same disability impairment but they're all different so it is it's, it's very exciting to speak to everybody it gives me a buzz to be able to to jump on calls and to speak because everybody's predicament is slightly different. It's like, well, okay, you want to be able to exercise more. Okay, what have you tried and not tried in the past? What 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 obstacles have you faced in in the outside world? So to speak. so that so that, so I'm I'm willing to fight that battle for them because it, it it annoys me because it's like I probably can count on it's getting it's getting well over five ten figure people now that they're having an obstacle put in by you know the outside world of oh you can't do this you can't do that it's like it's not the person's fault it's your unwillingness to either learn or to to sit down with the person and have a conversation to kind of say well what do you want to achieve it's not that difficult uh i can think back to a couple of years ago having emails from coaches in the u.s how how do you talk to an amputee it's like they're not living on another planet it's it, just talk to the person i would probably harsh to the coach because it's like how would you speak to somebody that's wants to lose weight versus wants to put a muscle very differently and to speak to an amputee is the exact same thing um i think earlier in my career everybody from the sales team anybody with any disability was point signposted my way i like why it's it's okay i i probably can ask the mpc questions because i can get away with it because it's like well how how i don't know be it, i think some people are afraid to ask those questions you know how long we've had the impairment mm-hmm. uh, how does it affect it? to me i don't care hey it's it's a, it's, a, it's a general it's a general question it's 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 i'm curious to, to know more about you uh i think for me i i know the guys and girls that I worked with years ago were more than capable of working with other people, with people with with disabilities or impairments, because it's, it's you've got to be compassionate to the person, and you've got to build up a relationship. You can't kind of go, okay, Plum Queen's got this problem. Let me judge them because of X, Y, Z. Hey, you're never going to get along. That's that relationship is going to be very short lived because if you can't, if you can't be amicable and you can't work together there's no trust there's there's, there's no element to that. so that is probably so i don't go often too much of a rant that bugs me to to high heaven to, to 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 keep keep hearing the same narrative over and over again of uh well i shared it a couple of days ago of uh as a as a post on facebook you know you're 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 you're, you're an amputee you shouldn't use a regular gym that was somebody said that to me. Oh wow. wow! So it's like, well, that's that's so, so wrong on so many levels in terms of you're using red tape and health and safety, so you don't have to deal with somebody. It's like, well, that's so wrong because it's like, well, are, are you unwilling to be inclusive? Are you unable to think outside the box? There's so many lessons that 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 I got a few thoughts team can learn just from just, just having that individual versus oh we can't we can't have you come to the gym because you're a health risk like well the equipment is there to help the person get healthier so why are you putting a barrier in their place 
let me play devil's advocate for you. Mm-hmm. I can't speak about the UK and how the mindset is out here, but here in the US, everything is about business. Okay. So in situations like that, you can get sued for anything. You look at somebody wrong. Mm-hmm. They're suing you for a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's easy. That's an easy fix. Make the person sign a waiver. I, I can dig it. I totally understand. But I feel like that's where the that mindset comes from. I don't really think it's um, a lack of compassion. Is a lack of humility when it comes down to business. The way we're taught out here, business is business. There's no emotions in that. There's no heart. There's no soul in that. It's just simply about the dollar. You know what I mean? So a gym is supposed to be a place for, you know, for you to get healthy, for people to, you know, get mind, their mind right, their body right and all that. And that's for us in the essence. But for the people who own the gym, they're all about profits. So not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that that is the mindset. So like for me, I don't go to the gym because I don't want to pay y'all for something that I can do myself. I'm just going to keep it real. I understand you got equipment and all that, but I can definitely run on a track. I don't need to run on your, um, you know, your treadmill. If I want to do squats, yes, the weight bent, you know, the little weight bench thingy gives you a little leverage, but I can definitely lift my one hand up and I can squat down and, and do all that good stuff. So people are going to have their mindsets and their thoughts about things. And what I try to tell other people, whether it be amputee or of any kind, you got to let people feel how they feel and you can't let that affect you. You just mm-hmm. move around that and, you know, you make your waves. So I, I wish we were all overstanding and, you know what I'm saying, had a better mindset, but that's just, you know, not not the case. Now, with you talking about people talking to amputees about their disabilities, I have a little sympathy for that because they don't want to offend us. And a lot of us are very sensitive about it. So I also try to tell people with disabilities and or amputations to, you have, we have to find a level of mental and emotional strength you know, because we sometimes can take things the wrong way. People are curious. People want to know, but we take that as, you know, a bad thing. Like, why are you staring at me? And why do you think I'm different? But some people don't, it doesn't be a negative thing. They're really curious. They want to know who you are and, you know, know how to relate to you. So I feel like on both ends, there's a needs to be a little bit of overstanding, you know what I'm saying? And a little bit of emotional and mental strength so we can bridge those gaps because we're still regular people. I'm, I, you know, I'm saying I, I'm still Tamara. I'm still the same person I was before I lost my arm. I think I'm a little better, to be quite honest, since I did, because it changed my mindset and, you know, my overall energy. But we're still people, but we have to see ourselves that way. If you don't think you're a regular person, then no one else is going to see you, you know, what I'm saying as a regular person. So it really goes back to mindset which I'm going to go back to segue that into your podcast, The Mindset Athlete Podcast. So tell us about that. It's actually me. It's actually it's, it's a clever um, hidden thing in terms of it, it, it's trying to give people behind the scenes look at you know every aspect of an athlete and every aspect of a oh, oh, coach, academic and kind of go give people you know this is how we overcome things or how people have overcome their their setbacks and and their adverse moments so these people are are only individuals they um especially it's 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 nice to give that the athletes because i i'm i'm always going to be a paralympian It's, it's nice to give especially those individuals a platform because it's like it, it is one of those things of I was asked or I think it was after the the, the games in, in in Beijing back in 08 are you comfortable with being in the spotlight for two weeks versus soccer rugby it's like I, I agreed at the time I don't agree now because it's like well why why do they get a platform you could say the same way that the NFL the NBA um the the MLB NHL to a certain extent. Why isn't why have they got a platform that they're better than than, than say somebody that's having to overcome you know the day to day struggles on top of trying to be the best individual they can be physically uh, uh, and to a certain extent emotionally 
and psychologically it's probably more relatable to the general public the 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 the, the, the journey of the, the paralympian than the olympian because hey they're going through the same struggles as the only person in the street they're overcoming in that and they're trying to find any way that they can to be the best at their sport so for me it's one of those things that I'm not going to ask the stupid questions because I've been there and seen it and got the t-shirt. I've been in the receiving end of those. You don't care. You really just give a mundane answer and it, you just kind of go through the, the run. Um, of I spoke to uh, an ex-rugby uh, player who's now a referee internationally and we talked about it off air of, you know, who are you playing this week? The person's going to be way, way, way down here. In terms of giving their all to the interview, because uh, it's well, I'm sick and tired of you asking me the same same question. Uh, I think the the one that's apparent, I, I'm late to the party with watching Michael Jordan's last dance. He was probably sick and tired of people asking, "Is this going to be your last year?" And I'm going from city to city, having to ask the same question over. Uh, sorry, answering the same question over and over again. There gets a point that you really kind of you don't you can't be asked. It's like you guys are not really trying to think outside the box. So for me, the podcast was that to give the ordinary person in the street listening to. This is how the person has got to that. This is what they do. Uh, some of the stuff is is hilarious. Uh, there's some humor in it from time to time. Uh, I think the best one I can remember today uh, is um, I can't remember the person's name and I apologize to him Uh, Lex Gillette I remember now he's a five or six time Paralympian visually impaired and he does the long jump wow if you go and you go watch on YouTube of the the one that went wrong how you come back from that landing on concrete as opposed to in the sandpit takes a lot of bottle to for people to do that and you can't see he lost his sight at eight years old so his was a discussion with his mom was like we're well, never going to see it again he come to terms to that uh and he went to uh the university of east carolina which i played a lot of video games when i was a kid so i know the mascot's a pirate i brought it up i i was very 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 um I was in two minds whether or not to to include the question. I was like, well, if I'm going to offend some people, I'm going to offend some people. Hey, it's funny. It's going to be, he received it very, very well. Uh, What I didn't get was, oh, also pilot. It's taken me probably years after I did the the interview. Our pirates also got a prosthetic leg as well. So I could have made it even more of a running joke and included me and myself inside that as well. But it gives people, you probably get my, you'll see it, you'll hear it more often because it's every, probably it's every week. But you'll hear, you'll get, a, get hear my personality. Uh, maybe I've not said openly about a subject, be it on, a, on a, another podcast, in my content. Um, I might bring something up because it's relevant because of what the person has said. Oh, I'll share something that nobody knows about me. So there'll be some some rare gems of that, but it's the undertone of the show is to give the audience a different take on maybe what they'll see in the mass media because I'm willing to maybe probe a little bit more to ask the, the not uncomfortable questions, but it's, it's to see where the person lies based on their opinion and if it's something that they're outspoken about and they believe in hey why not give them the platform to be able to share that well absolutely well i think that's definitely cool because um as people we always see the end result we see people on tv we see what they're doing but we have no idea the process that they go through to get there we think they're amazing we see the smiles on their face but we don't know the heart you know saying the hard work the tears the sweat that they had to go through to get there and a lot of times that's why people don't really respect it because you think that they just got it like that, you know, because you don't see the process. You just see them when they pop up on the screen. It's like that in music as well. Most people think some of these artists just pop up out of nowhere, but they've been doing music and writing and, and performing for 15, 20 years before they get their first break. Mm-hmm. 
and you just think that they're an overnight success. Nah, they even working it, there, there are those rare occasions that that does happen in parallel. Yeah, okay, it, so. it's, it's probably, gosh, how many athletes would be in a village? We'll say probably a couple thousand. That, I probably can count maybe it's less than a hundred people that that would be, that would happen. I think there's that 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 there is there was that I don't know if it still exists. There was that perception over here that the servicemen coming back from Afghanistan or Iraq or Iraq will walk straight into a Paralympic team. It's like it doesn't work that way. There's going to be people already in those teams that have a problem with that because. You're not. I'm. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit down and lie down for you to take my spot. I'm going to have something to say from from an actual. It happened to me. Uh, what season would it have been in? It was the 07 season when I was in British rowing. They did a documentary on the BBC about this person. Okay. He didn't even get past the first hurdle. So he never even challenged me to even get in the boat. He uh, <laughs> wasn't good enough. So it's okay. it's one of those things that the BBC probably should have done a follow up. And where is he now? Because it's like, well, you're making a big deal about it. For me, it was it was good because it would give me a kick up the ass because I was a little bit complacent. A little, even though I'd done my first world championships the year before, I was kind of well, I've I've made it to a certain extent. I'm 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 here. Uh, all I gotta do is do this. That doesn't. It doesn't work. So for me, it was a massive kick up the ass because it's like, okay, this person's coming for your spot, James. What are you gonna do about it? Right. And it and it and it re established my focus as well. I'm not doing enough to. If I, if I do just this, I'm not gonna be in. The, I'm not gonna be in the boat come the summer. So for me, it was like, well, I've seen it. It's lit a fuse. Up my ass, literally. Uh, and what are you going to do about it? I, the, the, I it. The, the the person, I think he, he was. I won't say he wasn't good enough physically, but they made him like he was like then the. I'm not going to. It's not tongue in cheek a little bit like the next messiah. It's like no. you're not that. You're not that good. <laughs> and I was surprised when I beat him. It's like, well, you're making. You made a documentary about this person. He's not even close. I I was beaten by other people on that day, but you, I, I took. I think it was about four or five of us. I was like, well, if I'm in the top three, I'm in contention, and I'll let the uh, the row, rowing's got a, a a good saying of the the ergo doesn't float, so the row machine doesn't. It doesn't mean anything unless it's really, 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 really close. They'll go back to that data. So it's like, well, if I'm I'm in contention indoors. I know I'm better than the guys outside. I know I'm gonna I can beat them. So for for that one, and I've not spoken to it for, for, for years about it, but it was it was a nice uh motivator, but and it's something now I, I say to people that shouldn't be enough. It's you shouldn't need somebody else to to light that fuse. I should have enough inside me and enough belief in myself to, you know, I, I do do the basics over and over again, and I'm going to get better. Uh, that's something I do now, but it's what my 35, almost 36 years old. I was I was 20 years old. I was a bit more, a bit more, not very wise head. I think I know, I know, I know, I know, think I know it all, and I didn't, and that could have cost me. Well, just to say this, that is a human thing that has nothing to do with be having a disability at all. So that is something that all people can draw from. Now, I will say, yes, we should definitely draw from ourselves. I work on that. That's one of my insecurities, because sometimes when I have my weak moments, because I'm the, I'm the strong one, I'm the one that's supposed to have it all together and help people get it all together. So it makes me have a bit of a defeating thought process when I don't but I have to understand I'm human and I find motivating in those moments, I am supposed to draw from different motivations. So like you said, that put a fire under your butt when they tried to put somebody, you know what I'm saying? They put this guy on this pedestal and he wasn't even that good. 
so it made you feel that's like my, that's my that's my yeah. well, wait, that's thing, which is cool again i'm talking about how you felt in your in your universe and how you felt about it so that's how that affected you so you feel like he ain't even that good i can do better than that so all i need to do is step my game up and you know what i'm saying and do more I need to do more, so you know what I'm saying, so I can prove that. And I think that's what humans tend to not do. You know, we don't, we always try to put the play the blame game because you could have just very well just been upset and been like, oh, how did he do that? And not change, made changes within yourself. That oh, was sports, sports ruthless. It doesn't care. If you, if you are that kind of mindset, they don't, it, they'd move on. They'd leave you in the dust. Right? Well, if you, yeah. If you want to blame your coach, you want to blame every other circumstance. It happened to me the following season. I didn't turn up. I didn't turn up to the Olympic trials. Not. I don't mean literally. I mean, I, I, I was the person that competed was a shell of of myself, and people were shocked. They're like, "Well, James has been." wiping the floor with the other person and what's what is this to, i'd let the occasion get the better of me I, i'd made this thing to be oh, you know like second coming of christ to certain extent it was like the be all and end all is what i wanted to do so i made it a big deal and i made it too much of a big deal and obviously the occasion took the better of me and i, I underperformed um so i think from from that perspective i didn't blame anybody it's like it's not the other person's fault in the boat. It's it's not the coaches. The responsibility. I I was devastated. It's like I've let myself down more than anything else. As you, well, I I've never performed as poorly ever since or before that. And I went, okay, what's a lesson that can be learned from that? It happened once. That's the lesson. Probably a couple of years ago, and I went, "Well, you made it a big, you made the the occasion a big deal because I play wheelchair basketball now, so it's it's as a team sport, and and because I hadn't played, I think it was the two games before it. I need to make an impression that I I deserve to start for the rest of the season. I bombed it. I was like, "Well, lesson to learn from that. We did it in the run up to to a games." You've done it in a season and do it again. A game is no different from practice. Our, our practice is probably harder than games sometimes. It's no difference other than there's different there's a different opponent in front of you. That's about it. So that's the mindset I go into now as, hey, if you're better than me on the day, good good job. You, you got the better of me today. You're the better person. Good job. Could I have that conversation 15 years ago? No chance. <laughs> Because I, I I would I would blame uh, I, I think the 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 best person that knows me the best is my mom because she'd been there for most of that journey in sport. I would blame everybody else, not look at my own my own uh, performance. It'd be well, this wasn't right, that wasn't right, that X And once I made the get my first Paralympics and we finished fifth. And we were allowed to come see our families after the, it finished. I said, well, I think my mom asked, I can't remember what she actually asked me, but how do you think it went? Oh, we've done the best that we could. She was shocked. It's like, where, where is the James that I know? Where is he hiding? <laughs> I'd accepted the, the, the result as we, fr we threw the, pretty much the kitchen sink at it and it wasn't good enough. There's nothing I can do about it. The other crew, well, the fourth crew, I'm a little bit annoyed because they beat us by points. It's point eight of a second in the end. They beat us on the surge. They had an awful start, and that was our game plan. As the, the coaches have said to me, stick with the Italians. What do I do now that they're behind me at the start? They pretty much got left by the field. It's like our game plan has gone out the plan. I had to make it up as I went along. And that's a Paralympic final. Um, but I was probably the most relaxed I've ever been. And I don't know why, considering that was the, that is the pinnacle of disability sport is a final at Paralympics. 
Um, so for me, the reflection after I wasn't very happy the next day because all my other teammates, bars two in the boat, medalists. So I was human. I came down. I was like, well, yeah, the normal James is back. I didn't blame anybody because it's like, well, we've done the best. I've, I've, I knew in my heart and hearts, I'd gone full time. I threw everything at it. Everybody was behind me. Do I blame the other person for maybe not being as committed? Not now, because it's like, well, that that was their their perception on commitment. It might maybe not met my expectations or standard, but that's okay. And and I don't try and analyze or over over think things that happens. It happened. Would I have liked things to have maybe transpire differently? Absolutely, but. It didn't. So it's probably molding me into the person I am now. Those those failures, um, and I think everybody needs to remember that it's, it's, it's failure isn't a failure. It's, it's something to be learned of. You just got to look at it like that. It's just a lesson. That's a fact. That is my biggest um, message on all of my podcasts that I talk about. Is just truly understanding that there are no failures. There though there are no setbacks. They're all lessons. What's for you is always going to be for you. So if it doesn't turn out the way that you want it, that means your universe, God, you know, whoever, you know what I'm saying, you pray to is redirecting you, you know what I'm saying, somewhere else or teaching you a, a real lesson that you need for the future. So, well, there's a Tony Robbins quote of, you know, where you focus, well, how do you say, I can't remember how you say it. Where you focus your attention is where your energy goes. So if it's, you're focusing on something bad, you're going to feel like crap if you focus on something that's good it's going to make you feel good uh, and, and i've said it on um, a few podcasts that recently recently you know what if it's two different directions with those two words one is negative and i can't do it from a tonality perspective but i, I apologize for that and one is going to make you feel very enthused oh you know what if i can achieve like, what if I can do this? And it's like, it's, or, you, your mindset completely shifts. If it does this, or what if this happens like this? Or what if this happens like this? There you go. I'm not an actor, but that that that's kind of I get what you got. I get you going. Well, James, I want you to tell the people. Well, tell talk to us about Ted um, TEDx talk because I don't want to hold you. You know, for long I know you got to go out there and be amptastic and got clients to talk to. So tell us a little bit about TEDx Talk and how people can find you for your services, podcasts, and all of that good stuff. I'll touch upon the TEDx first. That is probably the most difficult thing I ever achieved. And people will probably be surprised because uh, I've spoken to numerous TEDx speakers because of the podcast and they're like well james how come you haven't done one yet it's like well i don't know how to, how how you go about it um i, I don't know what the steps are it, to get the one that i i've done that's on youtube took two, two years before i actually got a yes um and i've opened the tedx event uh, as well uh, as well uh, and that eventually didn't work out to, to actually speak at that event but i i took it upon myself to kind of go well you you want to this was your mount everest to so people have some content that was the closest thing i thought well what can i replicate to to be on par with being a paralympian i was like well why not try and do this um and it, and it's more difficult than people think because ultimately the, the gatekeeper to, to speak at one of those events is the organizer. So if they, they don't think that your talk is going to be in fitting with their event or they have a specific identity or box they want it to be, you're not going to please that person. So I think one uh, event in particular, um, the, 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 the coach I had for it was next teammate. So that was quite helpful. And he he spoke to her for me, and he's like, "Oh, this is the the, pr the promises I'm looking for. Oh, I, no point applying to that one because I'm not going to get through the door." Uh, so the the Liverpool one has happened more than hook by crook because they had to move it because of COVID, because of the university 
um, wanted to have the the amphitheater for more paying events. So they said to theirs, like, well, you're going to have to move yours forward. Uh, I stumbled upon it probably more than I probably steered in that direction to go and look. Uh, And I got chatting with them as like, well, why why is the event moved? So got very, very much built that relationship up and because i don't live that far away from it it's like oh there's synergy with it uh what you want to talk about is very in keeping with what we want to do and then the way we went uh did i want to do it remotely as i did not really i would rather have done it in person and done it to an audience uh so it kind of it, it changed it went from being in a person event to if you wanted to, you could do it live and doing it in an empty auditorium, which would be weird. Uh, having to talk to somebody there. I know television will do it, but it's like for, for when when you've spent a lifetime being an entertainer in sport, you do have a crowd. You do have people there that are cheering you on. So to do a talk and you you have no feedback to how it's being delivered, Okay, remotely I had to do that as well because you've got no, you don't, you don't know how the the introductory paragraph is going to be taken, how it's going to be received. Uh, I, the first person I shared it with was my mom, and she heard jaw drop with the. I was like, well, if it's had that, and you've, you, it's my reflection on the talk you gave me. What impact is going to have to your audience? So I don't know how it's been received because. There was there was nobody at that particular moment in person to kind of you know, oh, I think really said that or or laugh or you know there was no actual emotional feedback to kind of go well, I, I can hear you James I can relate to that obviously the TEDx they're not going to say it, I think out loud but you you can hear by people's reactions how it's been 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 uh, being received um, so I forgot your your secondary and third question now. Oh, so if you had to just tell people how they can find you, your services and, and things of that nature, because like I said, I don't want to hold you too too long because I know you were busy. Well, I can see I can see most of them going on, on the ticker below me. So uh you can find me uh via my website, jamesowenroberts.com. You can find me on all my social medias at James O Roberts. Uh, James O Roberts eleven. And you can find my podcast, The Mindset Athlete, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. All right. And can you give us, our viewers, your last great words of advice? Well, I'm reading the comments here, but to the next to me, um, I don't know what, who the person is of what mindset because it just came in 20 minutes ago. Uh, so my lasting comment would be be just go for it and i might even still nike slogan just do it because <laughs> ultimately the only person that's stopping you from doing anything is you you might perceive that it is a person a scenario that's holding you back from it it's like well ultimately you're overthinking things you're either looking for the perfect storm or you're finding any excuse to get out of it, which is procrastination, so you won't go anywhere. So it's it's just a willingness to just take that leap of faith, just just jump to a certain extent, and you'll you'll find you find out through it. Uh, the, you either you don't enjoy the process, you you thoroughly enjoy it. You, it's not what you expected from a good perspective, but you. you when it's positive, you will progress because you enjoy it. It's like, well, I'm getting a buzz out of this. Well, why stop? But you don't. You will never know that in, until you until you take that first step. So, in the words of James Owen Roberts, take that next step. All right, James, I really, really appreciate you giving us your time and your energy, sharing your story and your expertise. We definitely want to, you know, have you back on here because I actually have another podcast situation. I'm just the podcast queen. I had a segment called What the Gut Wednesdays um, before I started, uh, before my channel um, launched. So I, it's all about health. 
I've been on my health journey since I, from since 2012. And, you know, my arm losing my arm was the catalyst to that because, like I said, I've always been overweight, but it um, started to affect my legs. It was hard for me to walk up hills, and I was like about 25, 26 years old. So I had to lose the weight so I can have a better quality of life. So you know, we want people like you, you know, saying that with your expertise, you know, to help other people with their mindset, you know, so they can do the same thing too. So we will be having you back on here. All right. I so, appreciate that. I appreciate you too. You enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. All right, guys. So James is awesome, ain't he? Like Paralympics, never thought in the world. Now I'm definitely about to go out and go to the track and run them four miles that I used to because, yeah, I'm trying to be like him when I grow up. But, guys, you know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. April 9th, Amspire Media Network is launching on Roku and Roku TV. Get excited. If you don't have one, Go and get you one. It's very inexpensive. I think the cheapest one is 30 bucks. I'm telling you, this inspiration is worth it. We're going to have all of these interviews. You're going to see, you know, um, Sundays with Spirit, with my cousin, 33 Master Teacher. You're going to get Soul Sister Therapy, Childhood Trauma Podcast with my sisters. And we're also going to be having a Helping Hand Talk Therapy service that I'm going to be putting out. I, there's a lot of people in my inbox right now who just want to talk, who need to vent, you know what I'm saying? Even just want me to tell them on, you know, how I go through life and how I figure things out. So there's only 24 hours in a day, so I can't get all to them. So I'm going to set up a situation, you know, where I, where I can talk to people individually so we can give you your undivided attention so we can work on, you know what I'm saying, what you got going on, you know, personally. All right. Uh, Again, we want to thank James Owen for his time and his energy. And, you know, next week we have some more interviews coming. So make sure that you tap in, tune in. And of course, always, guys, be inspired. I love, love, love y'all. Enjoy the rest of y'all's day. Peace.